Welcome to Field Notes by Ag Choice, a podcast series covering timely, relevant topics for Pennsylvania's agricultural and rural communities. Each episode will include an interview of an Ag Choice expert or one of our industry partners discussing information you need to know. My name is Rachel Sadison, and with me today is Dan Brogdon, former Ag Choice loan officer and now a lender development coach. On December 27, 2020, President Trump signed the latest COVID relief legislation and government funding bill. The legislation provides $900 billion in COVID relief, including several programs to help farmers and agricultural businesses. In today's episode, we're focusing on the Paycheck Protection Program, PPP, including updates to the program and a second round of PPP, which was also part of that legislation. Dan, thanks for joining me. Glad to be here, Rachel. So let's get started. There's certainly a lot included in that 5,593-page bill on COVID relief. And one of the biggest pieces of good news for the PPP program is the tax treatment of PPP expenses. Dan, could you share with our listeners about that change and really what it means for PPP borrowers? Certainly, Rachel. Finally, Congress was able to set the record straight, and now we can deduct um, the expenses that you used your PPP loan funds for. So there was a couple of IRS rulings where the IRS said, nope, you got tax-free money. Um, you don't have to count that as income, but um, but you do have to, you cannot count the expenses. So, so in, in effect, it was, the, the proceeds in effect were taxable. Well, the act changed that, so and that's great news. Now you can deduct the expenses, and you do not have to include uh, PPP forgiveness as income. So if you receive forgiveness, and when you receive forgiveness, it won't be taxable. So yippee, we, we got that accomplished. <laughs> great. So next, the legislation also simplifies the loan process for borrowers with PPP loans of $150,000 or less. Can you tell us more about that simplification? Certainly, Rachel. So um, for borrowers with loans of $150,000 or less, when they apply for forgiveness, it will be a one-page application. So the, the act says it has to be one page. Also, um, they will not have to submit any documentation. So this um, 150000 or less, I've heard some people refer to it as being automatic forgiveness. Well, it's not. You're really attesting on that form that you used the funds appropriately and you followed all the PPP rules, such as um, retaining uh, employees and maintaining pay rates. So... One thing that that um, that did survive with the, the the new law is that all the safe harbors and those safe harbors um, are cases where you had to reduce your your staff due to being shut down due to the government order, um, or if you uh, reduced your staff and then uh, brought it back up to the previous level by a certain date, um, you won't be penalized on your forgiveness. So. Um, also um, included in that was for the borrowers with 50000 or less, um, the FTE or salary reduction tests uh, do not apply. 
So in, in summary, um, those with 150000 or less will have to fill out a one-page uh, application. They don't have to give us all that documentation they would have had to before. And our our borrowers are going to be very happy, and AgChoice is also happy that we don't have to review that paperwork. So more good news, right, Dan? So, and, uh, oh yeah, we're, we're, we're happy. <laughs> <laughs> so certainly, when that uh, when that attestation form is available, we will share share that with AgChoice borrowers as well. But still, sort of waiting on that to be finalized. So next, the COVID relief bill also introduces a new draw to PPP loan. Uh, Dan, what does that draw to loan entail, and really, who is eligible for that loan? Okay, draw draw to um, anyone that received a draw one PPP loan. That's the loan you would have received last year. Um, is eligible to apply for for draw two. So in order to be eligible, um, one of the big things is you still have to be able to certify that the, the uh, current economic conditions are necessary to support your ongoing operations. So that that attestation you know, is a key you know, to the to the program. The other big gatekeeper is that your your gross income um, would have had to have been reduced by 25% or greater in any calendar quarter of 2020 as compared to the comparable um, quarter of 2019. So, or you could you know, simply just look at the full year of 2020 versus the full year of 2019. So, um, the SBA has already issued um, the, the rules and, and the procedures of the program and the applications out there. And um, as of today, small community lenders are taking applications, um, but other institutions such as um, farm credit institutions and larger banks um, will be opening up, the SBA will be opening up the program, uh, we believe, uh, later this week or early next week. So, um, so they're um, there you go. You have an opportunity for another PPP loan, and it probably will be this, a similar amount to what the the, P, uh, the first draw draw one of, of uh, PPP, because the formula is, is basically the same. Uh, the only exception is that you can choose to use either uh, 2019 or 2020 uh, payroll expenses uh, when calculating your your loan amount. Yeah, if you qualify for draw two. And again, the big key is, is that attestation that it's um, necessary to support ongoing operations. And also, um, the other thing is the 25% uh, quarter by quarter. Uh, you don't only have to um, have dropped in one quarter of 2020 versus 2019. Okay, thanks, Dan. So next question for you, uh, there have been some changes that could impact borrowers of a draw one PPP loan. Uh, so these are for individuals that had received the PPP loan last year. Could you help us understand who may have the opportunity to apply for that increase of their draw one PPP loan? Yes, Rachel, this, this is another um, exciting part of the, the, the new act. And, and those who received a draw one PPP loan and have not yet received forgiveness 
um, I know only a handful of our borrowers have applied and received forgiveness. Um, only those that have not received forgiveness may be eligible for an increase and based on rule changes that have occurred in the program. Uh, the first one, and I'm going to really highlight this one because this is really big for agriculture, is that sole proprietors, okay, and, and sole proprietors only, uh, partnerships and corporations do not qualify. Uh, if you file the sole proprietor, you can use your 2019 gross Schedule F income instead of your net Schedule in F income to calculate your eligible PPP loan amount. What this means is um, that that farmers, you know, filing a Schedule F, sole proprietors could be eligible for a PPP loan increase of up to $20,833. So if you had a, a loss on your Schedule F, um, before you only qualified if you had a profit. So now if you had a net loss, you could qualify for that, that full $20,833 uh, provided you had at least have at least $100,000 of, of gross income. So you can have less than $100,000 of gross income and, and still qualify for an increase, but that's the, the maximum amount, amount um, when we're looking at the calculation. So, so another thing, um, anyone that has not received a draw one PPP loan because they weren't eligible before could now apply for a, a draw one PPP loan. So if you know of anybody that's in the circumstance that they didn't qualify because they didn't have um, well, they didn't have a uh, a profit um, on their Schedule F uh, to be able to qualify for a PPP loan. Now they can apply and get their first PPP loan uh, because of this gross um, income um, ruling. So, so, so this is big, and um, we'll um, we'll be talking more about this, I'm sure. The the other situations where um, existing PPP borrowers can apply for an increase if they haven't received forgiveness already is partnerships. If you didn't include your K-1 net earnings from self-employment when you calculated your your draw one PPP loan, uh, you can now include that and, and um, apply for an increase. The third situation is uh, seasonal employees, employers. If you meet the definition, there's a definition um, now it's been released by um, SBA, and we can provide that for you if um, if you think you might be a seasonal um, employer where you have a cyclical either income or cyclical uh, periods where you, you hire labor. Um, you can choose from any 12-week period between February 15th of 2019 and February 15th of 2020 to calculate your uh, maximum PPP loan amount. So, so if that calculation yields a better result than um, what you had attained with your original PPP loan, you can apply for an increase. The fourth situation is all, all borrowers may include the, the payments they make towards employee fringe benefits such as group life, dental, disability, and vision. 
they can include those in the payroll expense and, and get an increase in their draw one PPP loan. Um, originally, the, the fringes, the fringe benefits that were included were only uh, retirement and health insurance. It was the what the employer paid uh, for the employee. Um, employer uh, owners, like sole proprietor, their you know their health insurance and these the fringe benefits don't count towards the PPP calculation. Uh, the fifth reason for an increase, and um, we might have some customers that fit this, is that if you're a restaurant, uh, you can apply for an increase if you did not include tips as wages when you calculated your original PPP loan. And then the, the sixth and final reason we have um, that you could look for an increase is if you if you paid off your PPP loan or you or you reduced the 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 amount that uh, you would have been eligible for if you'd, you returned part of your PPP loan you can now apply to get that reinstated and um, and receive either an increase or just a readvance of that loan and the reason that they did that is there was a lot of confusion around about uh, the necessity test and the, the safe harbor um, and then you know, the SBA finally released that they weren't going to uh, review loans under uh, or test loans under two million dollars for that uh, economic necessity test so those are the those are the reasons that you can apply for an increase we don't know what the process is nor has the the you know, the application for an increase been released, but there um, you know, will be keeping our customers informed as to when they can apply for an increase. And we do know that the, the deadline to apply for either a, you know, a PPP loan, um, a new draw one, draw two, or an increase, the deadline is March 31st. So that's um, that's a lot um, a lot to cover there. Uh, yeah, but um, we'll be summarizing this on our website so you can review it there as well. Yeah, lots of good information uh, there, Dan. So let's uh, switch gears slightly here a little bit. Uh, I understand in the COVID relief uh, legislation there were some updates to the EIDL program, so the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program and really how EIDL interacts with PPP. Could you share with us some of those EIDL updates? Sure, Rachel. So another another uh, big change for the better, and um, that is for anyone that um, received an EIDL loan advance. Okay, the advance was the initial amount up to ten thousand dollars, and SBA had calculated that basically a thousand dollars per employee, up to ten thousand dollars maximum. Um, the old rules had that reducing. Your PPP forgiveness. So it was sort of like, well, you can't you can't double dip if you're going to get your your PPP loan forgiven, and you got a ten thousand dollar EIDL advance. Well, we're going to reduce your forgiveness by ten thousand dollars. Well, the new act got rid of that reduction. So so actually, you're going to get your full PPP forgiveness that you're eligible for, and um, the EIDL advance will not impact your PPP forgiveness. So there's uh, there's an extra $10,000, up to $10,000 for folks that received 
EIDL advance that that will um, that they won't have to pay back. The advance was never intended to be paid back. It's considered to be a grant. So that is um, that's pretty awesome. The the other thing is um, you know with S SBA was applying that formula of a thousand dollars per in employee up to up to ten thousand dollars. Well, Congress didn't like that. They thought everybody should have been treated equally, whether you're a, a big business or a small business. So, th so they want um, SBA to go to, to, to dig back into the funds that they've appropriated for the program. And if you receive less than ten thousand um, dollars for your EIDL advance, or if you didn't, or if you didn't get an advance when you have a loan, or if you applied for a loan. Uh, you're going to to get the difference between your original advance and that ten thousand uh, dollars. Again, um, there's been nothing released. Uh, you know, Ag Choice has nothing to do with the EIDL loan program. We don't ad administer it, um, but as as a borrower, that's that's something that um, you would have to check in with uh, S SBA about uh, and keep tabs on. You know, well, if I didn't get my Full ten thousand dollar advance. You know, how am I going to get that? So, and then the final thing I'm going to say about EIDL is there is a round two of EIDL, um, and it has the provision for the advance, but it's really focused in on um, you know highly impacted businesses and in low income areas. Um, there's about twenty billion dollars allocated this program, which um, you know, from what I've heard from other experts, they they think that's going to be uh, used up pretty quickly, uh, and it's going to be uh, difficult to um, to qualify because that has a 30% gross revenue reduction from 2020 versus 2019, and the test period is any eight-week period in 2020 compared to a comparable eight-week period in 2019, um, you'd have to reduce your, have, have had your revenue reduced by at least 30%. And the attestation, as far as economic necessity, uh, is, is, at a, is at a higher level, from what I understand, um, as compared to the PPP program, that you know, basically you really um, essentially need this this money to to stay in business. Um, now, when it comes to um, the economic uh, necessity attestation, whether it's PPP or EIDL, um, you know, Ag Choice, we're not going to, we can't really encourage or discourage anybody to apply for either PPP or if you're going to go to SBA, you know, for an EIDL loan. Uh, really, that that the answer to that question is case by case, and it's up to you because you know, we're we're not going to be evaluating that. You're the one that's um, that's, that's answering that question and you know, putting your really putting your integrity on the line. And if you're uncertain as to how to answer that question, you know, we really advise you to talk to your tax advisor or, or your uh, or attorney or other other uh, financial consultants. So that's. Um, that pretty much wraps up all the information on the EIDL program. Back to you, Rachel. So, Dan, this is all great information. Uh, 
certainly a lot to take in, but lots of good opportunity for farmers and agricultural businesses to receive additional relief. I guess, Dan, what's your recommended strategy really on how our existing PPP borrowers should approach these changes that you've talked about here today? Okay, Rachel, the the big the big thing is first determine whether you qualify for a draw one increase you know, before you um, look to apply for loan forgiveness. So um, there'll be information being released on that. I'm sure within the next few weeks, and with the with the uh, procedure on how to apply for your increase. So once you've applied. Uh, for that increase and um, and receive the increase, then I'd look to apply for forgiveness of your loan using um, the simplified um, method of you know, using the $150,000 or less simplified forms, or if you're above $150,000, uh, you're going to follow pretty much the same process if you're over 150,000 is what was in place before the act uh, they've reduced some of the documentation retention requirements uh, but um, they they might revise the form a little bit they, they certainly will because of some of the the new you know fringe benefits that are allowed to be um, uh, to, to to be included um, in the the PPP forgiveness calculation so again just to summarize if you're an existing PPP borrower, you know, first determine whether you qualify for a PPP draw one increase, apply for that increase, obtain that increase, and then look to apply for forgiveness. Um, you have until March 31st to apply for that increase, and then you have up to 10 months from the end of your cover period to apply for forgiveness. So just as a reminder, your forgiveness um, covered period was was 24 up to 24 weeks from the day you received your PPP loan. So your cover period always, always, always began on the day you received your PPP loan or the day that Ag Choice wired the money to you. And the cover period ended you know, up to between eight and twenty-four weeks from that date, and then so your deadline is go is is ten ten months from the end of that twenty-four weeks. Okay, and good points there, Dan. So uh, as we wrap up here today, just want to say a special thank you to you, Dan, for walking us through all of these changes and updates uh, to the PPP program. We certainly value your role as one of our resident PPP experts here at Ag Choice. Thanks, Rachel. I've appreciated being involved with the program, and there have been a lot of rule changes along the way, and finally we're getting it narrowed down. A lot of changes with with the new act, and um, many of them are, are for the good. Um, it will simplify things and also make borrowers eligible for more PPP loan proceeds and loan forgiveness. Okay, great. And I'll remind our listeners here, too, to be sure we'll be keeping um, things updated on the agchoice.com slash SBA loans webpage 
uh, with details as we have them, as well as if you're an existing PPP borrower, uh, we will stay in communication with you as well uh, through email or through your Ag Choice Loan Officer. So thanks to everyone here for listening in today. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Listen to other episodes of Field Notes by Ag Choice posted at agchoice.com slash podcast.